Hello and welcome to TXF FitZone Financing International Trade Risky Business Country Risk Podcast. I'm Catherine Morton, Head of Trade Treasury and Risk at TXF and I'm joined today by Rebecca Harding who's CEO of Coriolis Technologies. And in this segment we're going to be talking about the risks in Eurasia and Russia. So Rebecca, if you could maybe give us a bit of the headlines of what's standing out in terms of the country risk indices. There are several things that are worrying us in this region at the moment. The first is Russia. It has a well-documented hybrid warfare approach to its um, its strategic trade across the across the world at the moment. Um, it's been developing arms trade, particularly with China. So there's there's an unholy alliance developing between China and Russia, which is a very strategic marriage of convenience. They don't like each other very much, but we're seeing that very evident in the trade data now. Um, we're seeing we're seeing as well within the Eurasia region, countries like Belarus are actually becoming more weaponized in terms of um, dual use goods and in terms of arms trade as well. The region itself, the Eurasia region itself, is actually not terribly high risk. Um, so if you look at if you look at uh, the amount that they trade in terms of arms, because they've come from a background where they've, they've kind of come out of the Soviet Union and they're now building their independence and they're trying to be uh, very peaceful, particularly countries like Kazakhstan, for example. It means that they don't have um, they don't have that high level of aggression, and they're not they're not particularly high on our arms ranking risk index. But every single one of them um, has seen an increase in in their um, in their regime type um, threat at the moment. So we're seeing we're seeing an increase in that because they are stuck between. Um, the tensions between Russia and the US, China and the US, and then conflicted in terms of where they want to go in relation to One Belt, One Road. So there's, a, there's, there's actually a conflict in the region going on about the region's identity as a trading block almost. Belarus is, is, is dominated by Russian interests. That, that nation has become more risky over the last six months and we predict that that would um, continue. Um, and, and also the final thing that, that, that I think is really important in this region is that we're beginning to see uh, visible tensions brewing between Azerbaijan and Armenia. Um, and, and what's really interesting is that both of those countries have increased their military trade. Um, with other countries around, so Russia and China and America even as well. So we're seeing a tension around around the Nagorno-Karabakh area area and region, um, a sort of territorial dispute that's visible in the statistics. So what about Russia trade itself in terms of its outbound trade now? What what are we seeing with that? Russia's interesting because. Um, Explicitly, um, Putin has stood up at events saying um, that he's he's uh, totally um, totally in favour of increasing um, agriculture exports and agriculture imports to try and um, make it absolutely clear that Russia is not involved in any kind of strategic trade at all. But visibly, what we're actually seeing um, is an increase in trade exports of of military related goods, uh, dual use goods, and arms and ammunition, and and one. Of of the most interesting things that we're seeing is that, that this is not classified. So Russia has this hybrid war um, mentality. It also has this uh, spirit of um, implausible denial.
deniability. So um, it, it, if, if something looks implausible, it's, a, it's able to deny it, and, and that's been part of its strategy so far. Now, what we're seeing is um, data around, um, around commodities not elsewhere specified. So a lot of the goods that come out of Russia, if they're strategic, um, i.e. arms or oil and sanctions and embargo busting, then um, those are going to be classified as unclassified um, because that, that's the way in which um, Russia goes about trading a lot of these things. But we're also seeing visible arms trade as well. Um, and that's going into, it's, the dual-use goods are going into the Middle East. Um, we're seeing arms trade going uh, to and from China. Uh, Russia is exporting across, across um, countries like Georgia. And we're seeing those threats in the region beginning to build. So a country like Georgia um, on our index has actually increased in terms of its risk as well. And Belarus, um, obviously, I've already said that um, Belarus is, is, is increasing its levels of arms trade. So there's a general level of influence that we can see across the Eurasia region and beyond into the Middle East that's part of Russia's sort of strategic influence, strategic um, strategic um, position in the world. And, and, and I think what's really interesting about this is that we haven't seen um, we haven't seen analysts particularly talk about Russia's strategy and Russia's hybrid war in 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 trade terms and yet we can definitely see it in the data fascinating um coming back also to the belt and road initiative is that butting up against russia's interests on the uh, at any point on on these uh, in the region or or it, or is the belt and road in evidence at all in the in the region in the region, Belt and Road is definitely in evidence. Um, so you can see increases in electronic goods between China and Kazakhstan, China, Turkmenistan. You can see infrastructure trade going in. Um, and um, obviously, visibly and anecdotally, there's something happening in the region. There's a, there's a lot of investment. There's a lot of debt to China as well. Um, so so we're seeing um, we're seeing the region itself want to be able to engage and be the centre of that um, Belt and Road Initiative. Does that butt against Russia's interest? No, I don't think it does, because Russia and China um, are being, being pushed to a position where they have to pivot towards each other anyway. That's happening because of US politics. And, um, and so Russia is there as um, the kind of partner of China. It's a strategic marriage of convenience, if you like. As I said earlier, they're not going to, they're not going to um, find it that easy to work together all the time because they have different models of socialism. On the other hand, it's very convenient for them to work together and this is beginning to manifest itself both in terms of energy trade but also in terms of military trade as well. Rebecca, thank you.